0: Aaron Judge Homer twice in Monday night's win over Toronto and while this may be obvious he may be the most important piece of the Yankees roster this season you are locked on Yankees your daily New York Yankees podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. With me, as always, is my producer, Steve Granato. Steve, what is going on?
1: Hey, we got a preview of game two against the Toronto Blue Jays. Of course, that game is tonight. And we have Locked On Blue Jays host Craig Ballard joining the show. Stacy, our first crossover of the season. We also had an article come out over the weekend in The Athletic by Brendan Cuddy. Mario Rivera had some interesting comments about Clay Holmes and what he saw in him and how he compares to himself. So that's going to be a little interesting of conversation. We're going to talk about that <laughs> in a few moments. First, Stacey, offense showed up. In Monday night's win over the Toronto Blue Jays, a 7-4 victory. and all started in that first inning with Aaron Judge going deep.
0: Yeah. um, Very pleasantly surprised because they didn't do this well against Alec Manoa the last time they faced him. And it was funny because the last time they faced him, he came into the game with a pretty bloated ERA. He was having trouble, and he shut them down pretty well. So to start things off the way they did tonight in the first inning and kind of set the tone there was really amazing and just judges I mean, judges judge and he's just yeah. unbelievable I think the most surprising thing about that first inning the other home run that was hit
1: <laughs> we'll get to that one in a second <laughs> I'm 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 on the Willie Calhoun train right now uh I think a lot of people are uh, yeah 94 mile an hour fastball up in the zone that was a one-two pitched clearly a mistake there yeah <laughs> that uh but Yeah, to make that mistake on a 1-2 count, a 94, I mean, Judge is going to go up and get that, like, almost every time.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, obviously the pitcher is at an advantage in a 1-2 count, and you don't want to lay something in there like that to someone like Aaron Judge because he's going to end up hitting it 416 feet (laughs) for a home
1: run. (laughs) He he homered, obviously, again, in the seventh inning. So a two-home run game. This time it was the slider uh, that kind of leaked. It was middle knee high you know and yes Aaron Judge should be hitting these balls a long way right like those are pitches that he has to hit but I think it still could be said here Stacy it's great to see him doing that because he hasn't been back for that long No, and just anybody the name of the game for any batter is being able to take advantage of mistakes and Aaron Judge being able to do that and not just him but many of the other Yankees in the lineup starting to do that is very encouraging.
2: Yep.
0: Did I tell you all not to panic yet? I mean, come on, it's still too early to panic. So this was a good game up to a point, but yeah, just seeing judge doing what he did tonight and the walks, because he also walked um, one intentional, but he also had that. I mean, it was perfect up to a point in the game, getting on base every time. So it was a really good game for him, but not yeah. just him
1: <laughs> judge ended up going four sixteen 16 on that second bomb, 114.9 off of the bat, his third two home run game of the season already. Remember he missed a week. Um, he had 11 in 2022, which what, I know. <laughs> like, like sh- every time you look back at that twenty twenty two season, you're like, what? Like,
0: yeah.
1: How? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, to, to be mid-May and already have three two home run games is is miraculous. That's and
0: that's you really know impressive. people are like, oh, he's starting off slow. <laughs>
1: yeah, and to be fair, he did have that little lull before he had that injury.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, and
1: uh, I mean, him returning to 2022 form is just so important for this team, uh, a team that is roller coastery and inconsistent offensively. If they can have him even remotely close to 2022, it's just going to bode well. Yep. Willie Calhoun <laughs> two run home run mentioned guys uh, taking advantage of mistake pitches ninety three center cut fastball from a no on a one0 count. That's just a terrible pitch. Awesome. terrible pitch. Uh, but again, very nice to see Willie Calhoun jumping on that in the first inning.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing you want to do against the Blue Jays because as we saw, they can put up some crooked ish numbers there in just one inning. so it was it was a good thing for the Yankees to get out to that start, you know, on the road in Toronto for the first time this season. And it's always nice to score at least three runs in the top of the first. It doesn't happen that often. And when it does, it's, it's a good thing.
1: Yeah. Higgy brings in a run with an RBI in the fourth Rizzo and RBI double in the sixth. I mean, one Higgy slowly starting to climb up the ladder here.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Rizzo. Kept his on
0: base d- streak alive. It's now up to 14 just, games. It was on ridiculous. the line there. Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he is uh best thing about the Yankees I, I didn't think I'd be saying that at this point of the season
0: yeah I mean it was a big key for them to have him return because you knew the judge would return to be with you know his dog and Rizzo's dog or best friends so they had to come back together and just to see Rizzo having the season he's having
1: so far unbelievable no
0: one expected this it's great just think
1: just think in December this team didn't have either of those guys
0: (laughs) right Right? technically they were yeah they were free agents they could have gone anywhere
1: well aaron judge was also very close to signing with the san diego padres very close if not pen to paper in san francisco so it's it's really weird it's really weird Mm -hmm. it was weird then it's weird now (laughs) uh things that are kind of weird stacy
0: Oh, no, this is the weird. Op- this isn't kind of opener. <laughs>
1: the Yankees went with the opener. Jimmy Cordero, two perfect frames.
0: I was impressed because I was worried when that came out, because as we said on um, Monday's show, we weren't sure what they were doing. And when the news came out that they were going to start Cordero as an opener, I thought, interesting. And then it worked out really well. And I was impressed with him doing that in that role. I mean, they really couldn't get anything going against him. It was great.
1: Couple ground outs, a flyout on the first, one, two, three frame, the line out to start the second inning. Incredible catch there. Uh Anthony Volpe climbing the ladder to Rob Dalton Varsho. Uh, and then another line out and a ground out. So six up, six down. What else could you want from Jimmy Cordero? Uh Johnny Brito ends up going five and a third, gets charged with four runs, two earns. This is a very Johnny Brito esque line. I'll bring that one back again. Five and a third, six hits, four runs, two earned, no walks, two strikeouts. Let's just Johnny Brito in a nutshell right there. uh Kind of faltered there. Gave up a run, a run on a double, and then to Chapman and then a single to Merrifield.
0: Oh, the double what? that was actually a foul ball to Chapman <laughs> uh, from Chapman. Yeah don't get me started um
1: <laughs> like, not, I not a bad like... pitch to merrifield not a bad no. pitch in on the hands he just no. went up and got it uh um... yeah
0: and i feel like a lot of the hits that happened in the seventh uh eighth inning were i mean bichette also vlad like some of those balls that they hit like the way they hit them with the bats that were kind of like it's just one of those innings where yeah it's kind of bad luck but it's also good hitters just you know being like hey i can hit with the <laughs> Not at the barrel of the bat, but with my bat <laughs> handle and hit a single. It's ridiculous. But, yeah, I felt bad your, for Brito.
1: Your thoughts on the opener for Brito? We'll, we'll expand it out in a second, but just for Brito, your thoughts on that move?
0: Um, Like I said, I was like, ooh, when they said they were doing it. But, I mean, up until the eighth inning, it worked out really well. <laughs> like, it really – the Blue Jays didn't get anything going at all until that inning happened. And that really – uh opened up because of glaber not being able to throw or get the ball and throw it so um again that was just a bad luck thing and it was a very strange when you were watching it unfold you're thinking to yourself what how did the tide of this game change so fast
1: so i like the idea
0: of the opener for brito like i said i feel like clark schmidt could be an opener i've been saying that
1: (laughs) if they had another option um Which they kind of don't. I mean, Ryan Weber's up at the club, but yeah, struggle this season in Triple A. Uh, Burrito getting the opener is not out of the ordinary. Last season, the Rail Riders were definitely experimenting with openers hmm. uh, for multiple guys, not just Burrito, but they were kind of using them across the board, especially in the middle part of the season when guys are a little gassed. Hmm. Um, yeah, so they kind of experimented with that. I'll see if that continues. I'm curious to see if that continues here. Uh, we had a listener. I forget who, so apologies. I'm sure you'll let me know in the comments. But who said that they were interested in maybe having Herman also having an opener? Of course, he goes tonight. Stacy, your thoughts on that now after seeing the success of Burrito? Uh,
0: well, y- yes. Although I mean, obviously they can't do it. But um, I mean they could, but I don't think they would have two openers in a row. That would be kind of crazy for the Yankees. Plus, you know, some of the pitchers were used tonight that they need to yeah. have around. So, um. Maybe next go round
1: through the rotation. yeah. We'll see if I'm, yeah. I'm curious if they do that with Brito. If they go, Hey, that worked, mm. uh, do we do it again? And we'll maybe see. they
0: say to Cordero, Hey, could you be his opener, yeah, next time too? And see if you can handle this again. I mean, you never know,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not used to pitching on a fifth day situation like that, so we'll see, mm-hmm. we'll see what their plans are. Uh, and then one last thing here in this first segment, uh, Glaber makes that mistake there in the eighth because it it leads to those runs your thoughts on, on Glaber's miscue
0: yeah I I feel like he's having a little issue playing second lately um you know I'm not to the point where I'm watching him through my eyes but I do kind of like like I make a face when the ball gets hit to him he did make that one good play where he prevented um the ball from getting to judge in right field later in that inning and he was able to get the ball to first, but it bounced twice before it got to Rizzo. Rizzo was able to scoop it up. So that was kind of like, it was good that he dove and the uh, slid for the ball and got it. But the throwing part and the getting the ball to the bases is kind of worrisome right now. I don't know what's going on with him, but maybe someone needs to calm him down a little bit because you know, when the yips start, it's sometimes hard to stop them from keep keeping happening like from happening yeah. all the time. Yeah.
1: Didn't matter much. Seven to four final Yankees. Hang on. Thank goodness Uh, for Michael King. (laughs) Yeah. 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 He uh, ended up working it out there. Picked up his third save. We're gonna talk about closers in a situ uh, in a second. We've been talking about this a lot lately. It feels I like. know. Um, let us know how you're feeling about everything that happened in Game One. Do you think Aaron Judge can return to 2022 MVP form? And do you like what you're seeing from him lately? How are you feeling about Willie Calhoun? Do you think the Yankees should continue using an opener for Johnny Brito, if not expand it to other guys? Maybe a Clark Schmidt, maybe a Domingo Herman. Do you think it's a plan for the Yankees moving forward? And hey, while you're in that comment section here on YouTube, don't forget to. Drop your questions for Fan Mail Friday. You could be a part of the show. We answer your questions on our Friday shows, so make sure to drop them in our comment section all week. Don't forget to catch Game 2 of the series against Toronto on SiriusXM tonight at 7.07 with John and Susan on the call. When we come back, Mariana Rivera talking about Clay Holmes. Not a lot of words we thought we'd be saying at this point, but here we are. We're <laughs> going to talk about this article when we come back.
0: Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. GameTime also has flash deals and last-minute tickets. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, and they even give you images of your seat views so you know what you'll be seeing. With their lowest price guarantee and even event cancellation protection, GameTime is the best place to buy tickets in just a matter of seconds, two taps and you're set. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
1: back here on Locked On Yankees. Time for our second segment. Hey, thanks for making us your first listen of the day every day to all our everydayers out there. Coming up on Wednesday, Craig Ballard from Locked On Blue Jays is joining us to break down our pitching matchups for game number three. He's actually going to be in this episode, too, so make sure to stick around for that in just a few moments. But, Stacy, interesting article coming out from The Athletic over the weekend. We'll leave that link in the episode description. You should go read it for yourself. Of course, it's The Athletic, so you need to pay for this subscription. But, uh, <laughs> (laughs) We'll talk about it here, Stacey. Mario Rivera talking about Clay Holmes, some of the struggles he's had comparing Holmes to himself. Uh, There were some interesting quotes that we are going to pick apart here.
0: Yeah, I thought that was interesting that he was comparing him to himself, um, you know, because it's Mo and that's amazing. And I think for someone like Holmes to have someone like Mo say those kind of things, that's got to be amazing for him. So he told The Athletic, he said, when Holmes blew the game the other day, everybody was rattled. I blew games like that, and everybody was rattled. It was like, oh, my God, he's lost it. But at the end of the year, it was the same numbers. I was consistent. Clay has the ability to do that and beyond. He can show his ability and go forward. He has the ability, and he has the tools.
1: Some glowing remarks there. And, of course, he's talking about the the Domingo Herman eight-inning masterpiece that – was scrutinized not only by ourselves, but everybody else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I really – I just – I can't even imagine what it's like for Clay Holmes to hear this sort of stuff. So he also said about Holmes – Um, because he said he spoke to Holmes last season, which is also a big thing. He said he has a tremendous tool, tremendous ability. Sometimes you're going to blow games, a game here, a game there. That's normal, completely normal. All you need to do is just make sure that you trust your ability. I've talked to him before. I just told him that. Just make sure that you trust your abilities, which, I mean, for every baseball player, that's important. But for a closer, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's – number one right number one and being a closer is all about confidence i think one of the more interesting things that rivera said uh and you know me i mean maybe i haven't explicitly said it on the show but i think you can all gather from watching the show from being an everyday or you listen to me talk about pitching a lot and i'm very interested in the world of pitching it it's a, a newer venture for me over the last few years i've really just you know really dig deep and, and learn about pitch sequencing and why things work and the science behind it. I, I really love it. And there's something that Mo said about Holmes that that was interesting. He's talking about the inconsistency with clay Holmes, sinker, which is his bread and butter pitch, right? This mm-hmm. is his main pitch. Um, this is what Mo had to say. Every pitch goes like that. When he's talking about the inconsistency, every pitcher goes through moments like them. It's all about trusting the abilities. Once you trust your abilities, he's going to do, what he's going to do. The rest is not an issue. You understand that those things are going to happen. And he specifically talked about it in a way in this article to Stacey about how he had similar issues with consistency with his cutter, which, yeah. of course, was one of the greatest pitchers ever thrown. <laughs> so, I mean, in that regard, I- I'm not going to sit here and say that Clay Holmes the sinker is Mariano Rivera's cutter. That's right. just ridiculous to say. Right. And I'm not going to insinuate that. <laughs> but to talk about the inconsistencies there is interesting because when you think back about Mariano Rivera, you don't think about his cutter not working. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Because it always felt like guys were lucky to get hits. Like you would, for the most part, you know, there were some instances toward the end of his career where people were starting to hit him a little better, but when the cutter was really working, You know, most of the times when guys got hit, he was sawing their bats in half with the cutter. You know, it wasn't like they were really killing it. And it's just interesting to hear him talk about the uh, inconsistency that he dealt with sometimes, because he said that at first he couldn't control the cutter. And then suddenly he was able to really hone it in and make it the pitch it became. And... You know, I remember the days of setup man, Mariano Rivera. I also remember when they tried, you know, when he was a starter and it was like, Ugh. and then they turn him into a bullpen guy and he becomes otherworldly. It was just yeah. amazing to watch. And, you know, they're, they're not going to try and make Clay Holmes the same thing, but it would be nice if he could get his sinker to be more consistent because when it's on, that's a really great pitch.
1: Sure. Of course it is. Uh, I think what brings to the larger point here, Stacy, is you, you mentioned, you know, when it's on, it's working great, but when it's off, it's clearly not. It's, it's like the night uh, in, in the, the Hermann game. Yeah. As we'll now refer to moving forward, the Hermann game, <laughs> the Hermann game, the Hermann game. <laughs> but how long do the wink the Yankees wait on that? Is, is it, is it Clay Holmes is the future and we are going to give him every chance to succeed? Or is it, we're more in a win now mentality. And if Clay Holmes is a part of that, great. If he's not, we'll figure it out.
0: Right. It feels like the latter right now. Like it feels like they're doing it all situationally and figuring out who could pitch the ninth and they're bringing in different guys to do it again, bullpen by committee without actually saying bullpen by committee it would be nice to have a consistent closer, but if this method works, you know, yeah, and if, if he can pitch the eighth and do well, and then some nights pitch the ninth and do well, that's also well and good, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't think, I think there's definitely still room for the closer in baseball. I, I know that you look at some teams right now and, and the Yankees being one of them going like, well, they don't have a closer. They need to have a closer. mmm I can see both camps Yeah, where you play matchups and, and maybe that works out more for you over the length of a season. There is something to be said about a guy coming out of the pen and knowing he's going to stop it 99% of the time. Like, yeah. that, that is important. Yeah, um, and that's
0: how it was with Mo. I mean, you pretty much were like that's why people would walk down to the great hall and watch on the big screen because Mo was coming in. It's like, okay, we'll watch from here and then we'll run out to the train or we'll run out to a car and beat the traffic. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense. I don't know. I, I I think to your point, it's still the closer by committee until it's, it isn't Mm -hmm. until someone emerges to where Aaron Boone trusts them completely. Right. It's it's a trust thing.
0: And could this also be a symptom, a symptom? Yeah. A symptom or, like a a thing that's happening because of what's happened to the the rotation because they're not sure of how things are going with the starters that they're rearranging the bullpen like this or is it really a situational thing too cuz do you feel like if the rotation was the way that they envisioned it to be in 2023 Cole, Nestor Rodone, however you flip it, Sevi, uh Montas, you know like that kind of a thing, would it be a different
1: setup? I think there's something to be said there because you can anticipate your starters, three of five of them, giving you at least six innings. So your bullpen roles are a little more defined as you have your seventh inning guy, you have your eighth inning guy, and you have your closer. You have those roles, right? You have the setup man to the setup man. You have the setup man and you have your closer. I think uh, baseball has slowly gotten away from that ever so slightly. Of course, again, there are, uh, you know, opinions to the contrary on, on whether it's good or bad, but, the, the setup man I feel like is more the role that's disappeared mm-hmm. is there's no true. There's really no true setup man anymore. No. Uh, and I, I miss it. I really do miss it. But uh yeah, I think to your point. Yeah. I think that there it's not zero sum there. I think there is definitely some sort of layover effect because of it. And uh, if you had Rodan going six, seven innings, you have Garrett Cole going six, seven innings, you know, you have, Sevy and you, you who could give you five or six, you have, you know, you have these guys that are, are not going to go full innings when you have two nice. of five going four innings. It definitely throws things for a loop. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think, again, it's all about trust when it comes to a manager and his closer. And right now, I just don't think you can trust Clay Holmes on an everyday basis. So We'll see. Let us know how you guys are feeling about this in the comments section. Again, while you are there as well, drop your questions for fan mail Friday. You can drop your questions in our YouTube comments all week long, and we will answer them on Fridays. Also, again, Sirius XM is the place to listen to the Yankees this season. You could do so tonight with John and Susan 707 game two. When we come back, we have a Craig Ballard from Lockdown Blue Jays to chat about game two and give us a breakdown of the pitches pitching matchup. As we teased
0: before the break, we spoke with Craig Ballard of Locked On Blue Jays and we previewed the game two matchup between Domingo Herman and Kevin Gossman.
1: Tuesday night matchup here Domingo Herman versus Kevin Gossman. Craig, why don't you give us a quick scouting report? What's it been like watching Kevin Gossman pitch this
2: season? Outside of two innings, masterful and that's a big word to use yeah masterful he uh, kevin gosman a few starts back he gave up seven runs in the first inning at houston a couple starts later he gave up five runs in the second inning at boston now if you take those two innings out and you know with a lot of pitchers fine if you take two innings out but that, that's 12 runs coming out now right like that's two blow-up innings he's got 46 innings outside of those two innings he's got a 117 era in those other 46 innings i mean is that good is that going to work in those other 46 innings, guys, four walks against 64 strikeouts. Kevin Gosman has been incredible. He had a start a couple starts back where he generated 20 swings and misses on his splitter alone. You know, the something similar to to Garrett Cole, where, where, where Garrett Cole is really at his most effective as when that fastball at the top of the zone is really good. Well, Gosman, same idea. When he's locating that fastball at the top of the zone, running it up there in the mid-90s and then dropping that splitter on you absolute nighty night he's been very good at at home so far this season as well so uh, i i know the yankee lineup it it, it feels a bit feast or famine I, i i know the results haven't been you know what yankee fans are looking for but i'm always petrified of that rizzo uh judge and then especially when stanton's there that that's the man mountain man mountain and man mountain you know three in a row in this lineup that i'm petrified of so i'll never take this this yankee lineup uh, lightly but yes uh, uh gosman has been very good his his at bats against aaron judge that's the matchup to watch you know you, oh, you're really breaking news there craig but but i mean yeah him and gosman against judge has been feast or famine it's either a double for judge a home run for judge or strikeout for gosman so i'm looking forward to this matchup quite a bit stacy
0: yeah it should be interesting to see how judge does with um the new dimensions up there although yeah. you know yeah. sometimes they don't matter because he hits them so high well, at roger
2: Center, yeah that's true especially at roger center holy moly! some of those straightaway center field bombs goodness i'll let you know when they've landed how about that there's a the deal <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's
0: that tasty. one ball that he hit that one ball that he hit to, that that the guy caught and gave to the yankee fan kid that was the big story
1: oh that was David. so
0: cool too yeah yeah that was a monster home run too yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, Domingo Hermann Stace uh, yeah. has been better in May, right? Yes. Last three starts for Herman against Cleveland and Tampa Bay, two starts against the Rays, 0.79 whip. Uh, he's coming off of a, an okay outing against Toronto, but I think this is a little different back in April. Surrendered four earned in six innings. Uh, the Yankees lost that game eight to five. Of course, the Blue Jays won that game. Domingo Herman has been, a guy that i feel like was kind of forgotten about heading into the season right where we're talking a lot about Domingo being the fifth starter for the Yankees but just from your vantage point watching Domingo pitch this year um, what has that roller coaster been like
0: <laughs> ooh it's a roller coaster um it, as you said he's improved lately and i thought that the start against tampa you know not blowing things up because tampa's tough they're a scary team you know right. the yankees have played them so far seven games and you know for him to not implode against them i was very impressed with that coming from him and he's just been improving slowly you know he had that really good start against the twins was it the twins that he went eight yeah the and sticky had the- game yeah oh that's right when they accused him of sticky stuff yes um he had 11 strikeouts and you know eight innings and then he also had the really good start where Boone kind of screwed it up for him took him out and then the Yankees blew the game against the Guardians um and it looked like he was really starting to get on a roll there but you know he has pitched better in May than he did in April and it'll be interesting to see how he does against the Blue Jays lineup because they are scary
1: yeah I think uh you know, we've talked about the inconsistencies on Lockdown Yankees, about the Yankees offense. Craig, I know you've kind of detailed it out before about how you've had some inconsistencies as well in the Blue Jays lineup.
2: Some inconsistencies, yes. The one thing that has remained is, is the, the the Blue Jays will lose. I guess it's true of a lot of different teams here. But when, when they're that bad with runners in scoring position, then then – they're, they're in a lot of trouble, certainly for this offense, because a lot of home runs have left the building on, on, on offseason moves. Yes, it, it's a different offense this season is how I would put it for the Toronto Blue Jays. Significantly more flexibility, significantly more uh, different ways to manufacture runs. So I love that part of it. I did think the offense would take a slight step backwards because again, a lot of the the pop did did go, even though they can manufacture runs differently. Fine, I didn't see it taking this much of a step back. It, it's middle of the pack in every offensive category, whereas for the last several years, it's been top three or four in every single offensive category. So for a lot of teams, they would take, hey, middle of the pack. That sounds okay to me. Well, for the Toronto Blue Jays, that is a significant decrease. Uh, you have to go back like uh, at least I think it's 2014 is the last Blue Jay team that didn't hit uh, at least 200 home runs in a season. This team nowhere close to a pace for 200 home runs in a season and in fact our our own our, our, our man Slim Daddy Vladi here our man uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has yet to even hit a home run at Rogers Center so if 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 you get a few Yankees could be could, could could be packing a home run for him in your travel bags here in this series that would be that would be much appreciated but yes, the uh, Domingo Herman. I do notice about him that his fly balls are up this season, and and he has struggled a little bit on the road. So I, there there is some glass half full things for the Toronto Blue Jays uh, tonight. One of the really weird things when I was looking at D- uh, Domingo Herman. He's had like five, six, maybe like seven, three to two road starts since the beginning of 2021. So, And, and, and he's on the, the winning end of some, and he's on the losing end of some. But either way, hey, FanDuel, right? FanDuel, one, one of our sponsors here. So if you're going to put in money on this particular game, Domingo Herman is a three to two machine on the road. There's an under. There's an under. So
0: thanks again to Craig Ballard for joining us for the crossover, and we're going to be on Locked On Blue Jays as well. And it was an interesting conversation. He'll be with us all week because we're previewing all the games. It's uh, yeah, it was a fun conversation.
1: Yeah, it's great to have uh, a different voice on, and a very well-spoken <laughs> guy. And this first time we've really had a chance to chat with him. He's fairly new here on the Locked On Network. So if you are a secondary Blue Jays fan and watching this for some reason, go check out Locked On Blue Jays, of course, or any other Locked On show. By the way, all sports. Just in case you didn't know that I listen to locked on Lakers all the time. Love the Kamineski brothers. So (laughs) if you're any other fan of any other sport or any other team, there's a locked on show for it. Even NCAA sports, by the way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Football, basketball, everything. I mean, there are over 300 locked on podcasts. You can find anything.
1: we're we're a big family here yeah um don't forget to catch game two tonight on sirius xm coming up on wednesday we are going to again have craig ballard on to chat about game three and again he'll be here all week want to thank you guys for making us your first listen that's going to just about do it for today's episode i'm steve granato
0: and i'm stacy gotsulius we'll see you tomorrow